0: Hello, I'm Helen Eaton and I talk about autism and neurodiversity. I talk about these things as my family's neurodivergent. I run workshops and training on autism and it's my favourite thing to talk about. My website is heleneaton.co.uk and on there you'll find lots more information and also details on how to buy my book, Anna and Ruby, An Autism Story. It's perfect for older children, teens and adults and it comes in graphic novel form. On this podcast, I'm talking about autistic people in the workplace and working with autistic people. Please remember, I'm not a medical professional. I'm a trainer and public speaker. Please always seek the advice of a GP, paediatrician or psychologist if you need expert medical opinion. So let's get on with it. Why is it important to know about autism in the workplace? Autistic people are working in organisations all over the world doing a fantastic job at every level of an organisation. From the person moving trolleys in the supermarket car park, to the researcher dedicated to finding a breakthrough treatment, to the owners and managers of some of the world's leading businesses, autistic people are everywhere. Fantastic. However, it can be very hard to get employment as an autistic person. On a future podcast, I'll talk about making the workplace more accessible, particularly in terms of recruitment and selection. This podcast focuses on your existing autistic colleagues or you if you're autistic in a workplace. Research into autism is ongoing around the world. You know, putting aside the medical and neurological stuff, what we can do is find out what's best for an autistic person or as a colleague or manage for an autistic person. And we can't always base that on science because the science isn't necessarily there yet about autism. So every autistic person is unique. But they share a common set of difficulties. And the degree to which these difficulties affect each person varies greatly. There's no medical test for autism uh, to assess the impact and, and how the brain is working. You know, although MRI scans do show brain differences in how the brain functions, these aren't done routinely. So a diagnosis, a diagnosis is given by observing a person's behaviour, reviewing childhood milestones, e.g. speech and play, and then assessing day-to-day difficulties. I think that's important to know it's still a bit of a rough science getting a diagnosis. It's not perfect and many adults now won't have a diagnosis. Autism diagnosis rates are really rising in the under 18s and also now for adults and that's most likely due to greater awareness sort of recognition and skill in identifying the condition you know diagnosis was really rare 20 30 and 40 years ago so many adults have gone undiagnosed for years and and may now never seek a diagnosis or they might not even recognize that they're autistic so in order to get a formal medical diagnosis of autism I think it's if you're working with autistic people it's really important to know this there are set difficulties that they must demonstrate or show or or have reported. And those are with communication and social interaction, along with sort of rigid thinking, strong nude routines and often sensory difficulties as well. So these social and communication difficulties uh, in adults may include um, struggling to make connections, understanding relationships, maintaining relationships, finding the right way, expressing emotions at the right time. And I'm saying right, by right I mean Uh, standard expected typical not necessarily correct but what people expect autistic people are not necessarily behaving in that way and that's a difference in their brain processing and there's often inflexible thinking and a strong need for routines, and this can lead to challenges in the workplace. Inflexible thinking, having very fixed, fixed thoughts that are hard to change, strong need for routines, perhaps eating the same things, doing the same things, wearing very similar clothes, hairstyles, whatever. It can be very unique to each individual, as can all autistic traits, but those fixed routines will be there. Not all autistic traits are negative in, in every situation. Lots of autistic traits are really positive and I'll explore that a little bit further in a moment. You know, I wouldn't want my brain to work any other way because it's helped me achieve what I've achieved and I'm, I'm happy with that. Let's think about these strengths and in the workplace. Uh, this isn't a comprehensive list. This isn't complete. This isn't total. It's just to give you ideas on how we can shift that perspective so some of the strengths of autistic brains, uh, thinking visually, often they can see processes through images and the big picture as a whole and spot flaws, visual flaws in details and kind of patterns that are out of sync. I think this is a really important one, overcoming challenges and finding new ways of working. These will be skills that they've honed throughout their education and working life. Because those challenges would have been chucked at them by many people in many situations. And very often, you know, if they've got into the workplace, they've found ways to get around and get over them. I think very often taking calculated risks and also being able to and willing to step outside conventional boundaries. That's really key in many, many jobs. Uh, approaching tasks and solving problems creatively it's those that unlimited thinking I kind of think of the autistic brain it works in very fixed routes but the boundary fences aren't always there that they're, they're in typical that our typical brains have and they explore avenues and fields that other people don't and uh, so they approach tasks and they really solve problems creatively very often they'll have spiky skills and abilities profiles and that means that some they may have some lower than average skills but also some some very high strengths in certain specialist areas. I'll go on to more about that later. They may often have very high IQ scores. But remember, intelligence can be measured in lots of ways. It's not just logic and maths. It's also creativity, music, movement, art. There's lots of different forms of intelligence. Um, they may be able to hyperfocus and specialise in something. They may see detail. Very often, they think reflectively. Autistic people are often reflecting back on past situations, and that's great for lessons learned exercises. And um, they really do challenge expected thinking and the norm in a workplace. And these unconventional thoughts are really key to innovation and driving things forwards. So, what might be challenging for autistic people at work then? Take a moment to think about this yourself, maybe even pause the podcast, take a few notes. I'm not speaking for every autistic person here. This isn't a fixed list. Just basing on my knowledge and my experience um, to create a few suggestions. And difficulties can evolve or become more apparent. I think particularly when someone is feeling anxious or under pressure. I'm going to go through each of my suggestions in in detail. And I'll run through the quick list now. So what might be challenging for autistic people at work? Meeting social expectations and demands. Anxiety. Masking. That's hiding their difficulties and true personality in order to fit in. Having these spiky skills and developmental profiles sensory needs and some issues around memory as well, kind of long term and short term memory working slightly different to the typical way. Meeting social expectations and demands then. Some autistic people are extroverts, they're outgoing, want lots of social contact. Some are introverts and they prefer to be on the edge of social things or avoid them altogether socializing can take a really focused effort if you're autistic and socializing it's not just you know partying what many people think of going out and partying and or in a restaurant groups of people social interaction is bumping somebody into somebody in the corridor and having an exchange there or ordering something or talking or meeting or chatting or messaging anything that is social those interactions the, when you're autistic the brain is very often scripting words and gestures and behaviors as you go rather than it being a natural response so it takes that focused effort because it's not always a natural or comfortable behavior and the more anxious a person is often the less social they can be or socially effective they can be and they more the more likely they are to make social mistakes um, i think back to a long time ago I was working in a lovely gift shop and the manager of the gift shop had invited myself and my colleagues back to her house for a a sort of a formal dinner party. And that was a new experience for me at that age. I felt very out of my depth and very socially conscious, very aware of what was going on. And I still remember now in my panic of of talking and chatting and saying the right things and not offending anyone, um, I started to, I thought, nibble, you know, have a little snack on some grapes, one or two I thought I was consuming. But in my panic and anxiety, I realised I'd eaten a whole bunch of grapes on the table next to me as I was talking. Not only that, in my panic, I was, didn't know what to do with the pips, the seeds. And I realised I'd been taking that out my mouth and popping them in the nearest plant pot in a little pile. Really bizarre thing to do. But my anxiety levels were so high, that bit of my brain just functioned. And I was eating grape, popping pipette, putting in plant pot. In the middle of a group of people chatting away, nobody commented, nobody said anything. But it must have looked a bit odd I and mean, not something I would choose to do. And that's a tiny story, the grapeseed story. And autistic people often tell me they feel unfairly judged by others. Uh, as people, we often seek the negative. Oh, I can't believe she said that, wore that, did that, breathed in the wrong way or whatever. I can't believe she reads those books. He listens to that music. Oh, I can't believe she does that hobby. That's really hard in the workplace. Autistic people might have interests that seem a little young or a little old for their age. They might have routines or habits that might seem a little peculiar to others, perhaps always wanting exactly the same lunch every day or needing to sit in the same seat. It would be so much nicer if everyone thought, oh, that's interesting or I learned something new there, or for these differences, not to even register in your brain at all. Um, And I think that's where autistic people feel uncomfortable socially, because they often feel judged, judged as inadequate or failing. That's not okay, really. But I talk about socialising in more detail in other podcasts. I think the takeaway message here for autistic people um, and socialising and and communicating is find the best way to communicate with them and ways for them to communicate with the team that makes everyone feel comfortable, set times times to communicate and use messaging tools and perhaps avoid unexpected interruptions, all that sort of social contact that forms a part of many people's work days. But always ask them what works for them and work together to make it fit your organisation. And if you're autistic, remember that your colleagues' intentions may be good when they're interacting with you. They also might not be very good communicators, um, or they're just not recognising the difficulties that you're having socialising or working with them. Tolerance is key. The next point on my list is anxiety. Anxiety, knowing what's happening now, what's happening next, what's expected, what's comfortable, remembering what went wrong last time. All these things add pressure Uh, day-to-day pressure in the workplace for autistic people and autistic people's brains are obviously whirring with ideas all the time and they're often reflective thinkers so they reflect back on what went wrong and that increases that anxiety quite often autistic people put themselves under a lot of pressure to achieve and to fit in and they struggle with the need for perfection so some some of the anxiety is self-driven they're creating that themselves and there are tools and ways around that but be aware of it in the workplace You know, many autistic people are operating with much higher levels of anxiety generally, and they often have lots of great coping strategies. Um, They're getting to work each day, they're functioning effectively, um, but there are challenges that they're sort of managing. Um, If you're an autistic person, you're concerned about anxiety, or you're concerned about the anxiety in a colleague, always seek professional advice before it escalates and becomes a much greater problem or difficulty. Something many people aren't aware of are sensory issues in the workplace, the autistic person's sensory needs. Having sensory processing disorder or sensory difficulties means that the brain isn't properly processing sensory input, including touch, taste, smell, movement, sound, You know, speed and direction that you're going, spatial and body awareness, and internal feelings such as tiredness or hunger. Autistic people's... Um, uh, systems just just aren't recognizing them it's just not working as effectively as a typical person and generally every autistic person has has these sensory difficulties and each person has a unique mix of being under and over sensitive being over sensitive means they react badly or they're distressed by that sensory input and being under sensitive means they're not aware of something they may not recognize discomfort or pain a sensory overload can really cause a person to feel overwhelmed or panic or have a meltdown that sort of explosive or very emotional response if you're constantly inputting stuff sensory information and that person is feeling overwhelmed and they're not dealing with that sensory input very effectively it is overwhelming it's like constant pinpricks constant annoyance and the brain will sleep pop, pop. I've had enough it's got to stop and Lot, they can Autistic people can cope with lots of sensory input, different things. It's a unique mix of difficulties for every autistic person. For example, one autistic person could smell your tuna uh, pasta salad a long distance away, and that could make them feel really uncomfortable. They might be super sensitive to the heating being changed or the air con being adjusted. So it's around temperature. They might feel nauseous at the smell of diesel. They might hate the sound of your fingernails. T- tapping on the keyboard it really can be that specific so that constant sensory uh, input can be overwhelming in the workplace for autistic people as i said the takeaway here really is to allow autistic people to personalize their workspace as much as possible to make it comfortable for them to be able to put those sensory blockers in be it through bright lights or sound whatever they need to block that input or surround them with stuff that makes them feel comfortable could be that you know working more flexibly or working from home is the solution from them so it's looking at what works best for them in terms of sensory need the next thing to consider off my list is masking and um, masking is hiding your personality behind a social mask modifying your behavior so as not to stand out or perhaps to match those around you and often you're assuming more extrovert role and um, to hide your anxiety or shyness the mental effort of uh, masking is is as strong as physically holding a mask in front of you all day it's a huge effort an example of this is one child i know becomes the clown around other people and um, they're masking to fit in they want to appear the funny person but they're not always getting their humor right it's not always the right time to do that and it, it kind of offender upset a lot of people but that's their mask they're where they wear the mask of the clown and um, to pretend to be different you know i think more tolerance and. would help this enormously autistic people allowing to be their wonderful autistic selves that would be great and that need to masking wouldn't be there as much so spiky skills profiles are fascinating you know we we measure the development of abilities in in primary school kids are expected to reach certain milestones at a certain age be it reading numeracy movement fine motor skills Autistic children won't follow a typical developmental pattern. There'll be high spikes of ability and low troughs of difficulties or low skill levels. They might be early to read books but late to ride a a bike, for example, and this continues throughout adulthood. Autistic people, autistic employees will have spiky profiles. They'll be very, very good at some elements of the role and really struggle at other aspects it's often why they become specialists because they hyper-focus on the things they're good at and worry less about the things they might find difficult. Colleagues might struggle to understand this, but it's really important to manage and work to an autistic person's strengths rather than to standardise job descriptions and perhaps you know, force them to do roles that they're not best suited to or tasks they're not best suited to when perhaps they can really excel at something. Memory is an interesting topic, that ability to know something in absolute detail or recall the events from 20 years ago with with, with precision, to know all the lines from a favourite movie or know the codes for every file entry on a system. I'm not talking about superhuman abilities here, but there's often a little memory quirk to every autistic person and they will know stuff in detail. That's great and that can be taken advantage of in the workplace in a positive way, you know, used to their advantage. They use that memory to their advantage. But short-term memory can be an issue, though, and that leads to difficulties, including remembering new faces, list of requirements, complex verbal instructions... So a takeaway here is putting good tools and strategies to compensate for this, and that really can help. Use calendars, reminders, visual diagrams, photos as memory prompts, lots of visual stuff, lots of stuff that's printed or movable or transferable and that's, that's storable and holdable, all those kind of things. So a sentence isn't just thrown at that autistic person and they're expected to remember it and do. Do you know what? Under law, there's a requirement for public places and workplaces to make reasonable adjustments for disabled uh, people, and this includes autistic people with a diagnosis. So these reasonable adjustments, these requests for reasonable adjustments um, can be refused by an organisation if they're deemed impractical, inappropriate, too expensive. But actually, the adjustments required for autistic people are very, very rarely any of those things. And where possible organisations should really preempt or plan ahead for reasonable adjustments, ask the autistic person what they need, what would help, rather than assume. To get you thinking about what might be tricky for an autistic person in the workplace, I'm going to chuck a quick list at you. So... Uh, hot desking, overly bright artificial lighting, open plan offices, lack of desk dividers, no sound reducing layouts, constant noise, air conditioning, uh, noisy machines, inconsistent temperatures, constant social interruptions, expectations to socialise outside of work hours, expectations to keep up with trends, sports teams, fashions, gossip, chit-chat, the excess of unspoken, unclarified rules, this is how we do it around here, but no one ever tells you, kind of stuff. Poor job descriptions, poor job explanations, task explanations, over reliance on verbal communication, just chucking sentences at someone and expecting them to get it first time. A poorly communi- communicated change, a lack of the what's, the whys, the how's, the whys, the whens. And by tricky, I mean that stuff makes it uncomfortable, makes them anxious, so it might make them avoid work altogether. So what can you do? How can you be flexible as a colleague or a manager? Really simple adjustments that might help. Provide dedicated work areas, uh, quiet areas, offer flexible start and end times, allow uh, different routes around the building so people can avoid crowds, allow pre-ordering of meals from the staff canteen, provide or desk space to keep personal stuff separate or to personalise their workspace, visual image-based instructions processes diagrams systems all that kind of stuff allow rooms they can use for extended periods of concentration encourage regular and and brief comfort or movement breaks so they're distracted and the pressure's relieved for a while Um, allocate a support person or a network or an advocate for appraisal meetings those were just a few quick and easy wins i'm sure you can come up with loads more You know I really enjoy sharing my knowledge and experience so please click the likes the follows the shares all that stuff the rating buttons to help other people know about this podcast. Have a look at my website heleneaton.co.uk and follow me on social media I'm kind of everywhere I need to be. You know I've spoken about uh, workplace and and autism. Um, It's not complete there's loads more to this I wanted to give you a quick overview. If someone is if someone is struggling please encourage them to access the appropriate professional support don't let them don't let them struggle don't let them be unhappy like, let's get autistic people kind of flourishing in the workplace yeah thanks for listening um hope this was helpful and bye